Welcome to the Goth Academy podcast. You stand in the presence of Daenerys Stormborn of House Targaryen, rightful heir to the Iron Throne, rightful queen of the Andals and the First Men, protector of the Seven Kingdoms, the mother of dragons, the Khaleesi of the Great Grass Sea, the Unburnt, the Breaker of Chains. Daenerys Targaryen flew on her dragon and destroyed, decimated the entire city that she wanted to rule. With one solitary dragon, she beat all the defenses. We have here a retired Air Force Colonel, Dan Mosqueda. Hi, Dan. To talk to us about her strategy, her Air Force strategy, and what we can learn from actual Air Force strategy about what she did, what she should have done, what she shouldn't have done. Hi, Dan. How are you? I'm great, Gil. How are you doing today? Very happy to have you. We've been talking about doing it, trying to do this for a very, very long time. <laughs> And continually gets uh, interrupted, canceled for many reasons. But uh, it's, it's really great to be here, and I, I appreciate the opportunity. I was a space and missile officer in the Air Force, so I wasn't a pilot. Space and I, missile, okay. Yeah. The space mission of the Space and Missile System Center is to research, develop, test, acquire, and sustain military space vehicles, satellites, and space control systems. We also furnish the United States and Allied forces with ground, shipboard, and airborne equipment to access those satellites in support of military operations around the world. I retired from the uh, U.S. Air Force as a lieutenant colonel, actually. Um, so that's uh, sl- lower than a colonel, but um, anyway, right, it's, okay. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's all right. Okay. Uh, and uh, while I was in, I did uh, get a master's uh, in air power theory. So we, mm. we looked at how do you fight uh, an air war. And the interesting thing about uh, this particular degree was we went back into the earliest days of flight, practically back to Wilbur and Orville Wright, and even before that from mm. balloons. I remember Trump said something about airports in the Civil War. He didn't go back to how about the uh, air war in the Civil War? No, that wasn't, wasn't there? Okay. In June of 1775, it took over the airports. It did everything it had to do. And at Fort McHenry... Under the rocket's red glare, it had nothing but victory. Uh, yeah, there were no airplanes. Uh, they may have used no. some balloons, but definitely no airplanes. No, no, the president said so, so I'm, I'm sure you must be wrong. I, I must uh, be, sorry. You must be, sorry. Yeah. Okay, so, so, so tell us through the eyes of someone with some expertise of, with, uh, in Air Force strategy. When you watch this episode and the way that she used her airplane, for lack of a better word... With all the anti-aircraft weapons over there. No other airplanes in sight. She has like total air superiority. What were you thinking about the way that she was using it? When she was uh, fighting or burning all these scorpions. Well, um, if, can, is it okay if I step back just a little bit to... It's, it's perfect. It, what goes through my mind is when, you know, they were basically shot down and she loses yeah uh if we even go back to where uh they're they're uh, north of the wall seven. yeah yeah okay. uh, so she loses a lot of her capability and my immediate thought then was she really didn't think through very carefully <laughs> how she should use them and especially here's the thing Tyrion, uh for instance who uh-huh. He drinks and he reads and he knows stuff, right? Mm. And I'm thinking if her ancestors were flying these dragons and took over the whole continent, it seems like he would have learned how did they go about doing it, right? right? And advised her. You know, right. otherwise, you know, that, that's why we go back uh, into the early 1900s uh, for okay. any Air Force because... You know, the first thing you want to learn is you want to learn all the rules, practice them, know them by muscle memory before you decide you're going to break any of the rules. 
Right. And maybe you want to learn from other people's mistakes. And oh, yeah, successes. for sure. For sure. But I'm not sure it's Tyrion's fault or her fault. I think it's uh, the fault of Dan and Dave, the creators of Game of Thrones. Well, that's that's probably very true. And, you know, part of their their problem is I don't think that they relied on enough um, expertise to help them understand right. how this would have really gone down. I think you're being you're being very generous. I don't think they relied on any expertise, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. Could be wrong. So, I did. I did. I did see them though. They still are. They're still touting Drogon, uh, you know, in a on another HBO show. Yeah. I, don't wanna, I don't wanna give any spoilers, so Yeah, uh, no, that was an annoying part, but let's uh yeah, move yeah, on from there. I, I'm gonna give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt for North of the Wall. Uh because there's no way she could have known uh that um Oh man, it's been a while, Gil, since I watched it. What's the name of the bad guy? That's terrible. Uh, the Night King. <laughs> yeah, that, no, the, I think it's uh, like an emo- like emotionally, maybe you blocked it out because yeah, of, maybe. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So he she, threw. She, yeah, she, she couldn't know that he was such a javelin thrower that could have. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'm going to let that one slide. But okay. when she went down, and they were flying over, it it really demonstrated her unhinged mental status even before we get to the last episode and maybe a mix of her arrogance because I don't even know what her military objective was because in reality what what was she trying to do Um, so they fly over uh, you know they get one down one down in bad shape one down and now she's down to to just Drogon right to be fair in the final episode, she does do the first thing you got to do to establish true air supremacy, and that is she takes out all of those uh, scorpions. Mm-hmm. In in most um, norms of warfare, you're going to stick to what we call counterforce targets, which means, which means? something that can uh, hit back. Uh, instead, she went after what we call counter value targets and a counter value target would generally be non-military non-intelligence related things because she could have easily gone in and uh did what she did taken out all of the necessary military targets and then just walked in and taken the city so it's hers yeah yeah it's hers so fundamentally if you if you look at that last episode on its second, own second to last uh, sorry yeah second to the last yeah. episode on its own she did what she needed to do uh, except she didn't need to be a war criminal but she was very successful she, so she did learn from the mistakes that she made is it usually that easy for one aircraft to get rid of dozens and dozens of anti-aircraft missiles. What can we learn from that about the way that it's actually happening in real-world uh, battles? Well, I mean, that's very unrealistic. You're not going to do it. Even if when you step back and look at the initial raids on Iraq after Saddam Hussein took over um, Kuwait. Mm-hmm. So this is the first Gulf conflict. Yeah, 1991. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We went, you know, we went in with you know, squadrons of stealth aircraft to do what she did when she burned up all the scorpions. Well, we did Mm -hmm. the same thing. We went in and we took out all of his Mm anti-aircraft. So we went after what we call the centers of gravity. And so she didn't, she should have softened the city up prior to what she did so that, you know, her last thing would have just been, a walk in the park because if you have good air supremacy you know we do our work so that then the army can just walk in and do the easy job of uh, cleaning it up and then somebody else has to do the difficult job uh, as we learned in marine of um, uh, ruling it later on okay okay that was interesting I would like to to hear more about as, as much as, as you can whatever all things considered uh, about the way that you use the the air force uh, in Iraq, can you elaborate about that a little bit? Yeah, sure. So um, 
the whole idea was that, uh, and in general, this is just how you would do it. Even, uh, even in ancient times, I mean, you want to get in quietly and the concept is to soften up your targets and you want to take hard targets and make what them soft hard targets? targets. Hard targets are the ones that are very difficult to uh, take out. So, for instance, um, if you went to uh, an airport in, say, Tel Aviv, where it's very highly guarded versus, let's say, an airport in a more rural part of the world where the threat maybe isn't as great, the other airport would be a soft target. Tel Aviv would be a hard target. Does that make okay. sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and a, and an example of this uh, that once the F one seventeen stealth fighters went in, did their job, then we were able to go in and use the uh, bunker busters. Mm-hmm. So the idea here is these things went deep down into Saddam's command and control uh, efforts, and we were able to essentially, you know, cut the head off of the snake. That's the the footage that we saw, right? Uh, the greenish stuff when you see like the bomb falling. Boom. Back in the day. Yep. Back in the day. Yep. And we still would use that same kind of thing today. Uh, and then, and I think um, now I want to make sure I'm not getting my Middle East conflicts m- messed up here. But uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I know in Afghanistan I can say it uh, um, confidently there. Uh, these were instances where the Moab was used, the mother of all bombs, mm-hmm. uh, which has more power than a nuke minus any of the uh, radiative effects. Um, and it works by sucking all of the oxygen out. And then everybody inside is, you know, they're just uh, goners. Uh, it's not very pleasant. Um, Doesn't sound very pleasant to be on the receiving end of uh, the mother of all bombs. It's it's not it it's it's not and, it's not recommended. Uh, no, and the concept though is still valid that you're going in and you're trying to do everything you can do so that when you finally send in your your ground forces, um, they're not fighting through an implacable enemy that they can't you know in the case of. Uh, King's Landing, you know, they can't get over the walls, they can't get under them, they can't get through the gates. So, right. right. Maybe we can talk about like, I don't know, famous battles, let's say D-Day, because they didn't have the Air Force to soften up the the hard targets, then they just went in, got shot until they were able to just plow through with endless numbers of dead. Had they been able to use their air force, deploy their air force earlier before that, then the whole thing would have looked different. Completely differently, because what we would have done is we would have gone in and we would have cleaned out all of those uh, pillboxes, uh, you know, that were embedded uh, in the side of of the the beaches, where the Germans were able to shoot down, um, you, you know, with impunity. Yeah. And then the other thing we would have done is we would have taken out all of the gun emplacements that were a little bit further back. So have you seen Band of Brothers? Of course, yeah. So in Band of Brothers, of course, one of the most famous uh, parts of it, actually, were when the um, uh, Echo or Easy Company gets in and, and they go in. And remember how they take out those guns at that... Uh, at the chateau, it's like a, I don't know if it was a chateau, but it was a, maybe it was a church. I forget. But it was, was the a, guys running all over the place. Yes. Yes. Oh, wow, that was uh, that was strong. I need to rewatch it. I watched it once, like whatever, fifteen, twenty years ago when it came out. Okay, go ahead. So that is probably that is one of the best uh, examples of how you would do that without aircraft, and in fact, that is still taught at the U.S. Military Academy mm-hmm. at West Point today. Mm-hmm. Um, a little fun fact, my wife actually was one of the historical researchers on Bandit Brothers. Nah, really? Yeah. Yes. Ah, mm-hmm. That is a fun fact. Yeah. What does she and do also, your wife? She's a historian? She, she's an historian and she helps authors and uh, people like Tom Hanks and 
that oh. get their facts straight in their movies. She also did um, Saving Private Ryan, uh, John on. Adams. So, and in Saving Private Ryan, you know, what we did there, of course, is it, going back to how, how did we do D-Day? Well, you know, we just threw people at it. Yeah. Right? Until eventually somebody's going to get through. We've all played... Yeah video games where you know you're you you think you've got all your defenses set up but if yeah. they can throw enough bodies at it they're gonna yeah. get through it's like zombies just like you know, world war z <laughs> Wait, world war z coming yeah. coming into uh yeah. coming into jerusalem you know going up over the wall you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh but hey, was, yeah, that, happy? That... was your wife happy with uh with the way that they portrayed uh Uh, band in uh, the same like battles in Band of Brothers and uh, Save Private Ryan in terms of uh, how uh, historically correct it was. Well, her actual expertise was in their language and mm. how they spoke, and the idea was so that um, you know somebody in Band of Brothers wouldn't say something that jumped out, so they wouldn't say far out or whatever, mm. and uh, and you do get that amazing feeling in all three of those examples. Uh, of what it might have been like back then. And I think her colleagues on the team who worked on those issues um, uh, did a really great job. Uh, Dale Dye and many others uh, who, you know, really knew what they were doing. They, they made it realistic. And see that, so if we go back to D&D, &D, that was their biggest problem. If they had spent some money uh, and <laughs> and we know they had it, Yeah, they yeah, could yeah. have really and and look you still could have had the same kind of ending she didn't uh, you know it, in the sense that she could have been you know destroyed at the end okay sure there's many ways to do it it's just that it doesn't it didn't make a lot of sense other than no. you know she was psychotic uh, and you know the hope is that Uh, in any kind of a war fighting organization that you're able to have checks and balances, you know, on your commander in chief. Right. <laughs> she was just basically, she was like uh, the biggest terrorist uh, in the world. Just like, I'm going to kill all these people just because I can. Yeah. But, but so, so her strategy, even though, you know, so it wasn't, uh, very nuanced in terms of uh, writing but it was the right strategy to come in and first take care of all the things that can hurt you oh yeah for sure and no then question. yeah and then it's yours for the taking well, yeah and there's nothing left uh, to 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 fight you so in, in, a, in an example of this would be in modern day mm -hmm. you might you might have a way of testing somebody's defenses and probe in and out the russians do it all the time they come they come as close to our international airspace over alaska as they can okay. and they cause us to scramble fighters and go out and escort them away well when they do that clearly their goal is to time it understand it and know exactly how we're going to react so that if they ever needed to they could come up with a, a counter plan to to Uh, overcome mm. that resistance mm. so she sort of learned from the episode before yeah she went in with much greater speed much greater ferocity and lower um was, and she, lower she was, is that yeah. realistic is that something in uh that is realistic in terms of the way you, you use your air force that you go low is that better than definitely yeah 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 because if you there's some great Uh, YouTube videos of B-52 bombers, which, you know, they're, gosh, I don't know how old those things are. I think they're older than we are, hmm. like 56, well, they're 60-year-old aircraft, so not much older than me, but older than me. And um, you'll see videos of them skimming the treetops and coming over ridges. And it's and, okay. and is amazing. That, and, and that's not only for whatever radar purposes, whatever you see in the movies. This is also, it's it's easier to... Not get hit, but by, by anti-aircraft uh, weapons when you're flying low. It depends. So yes, it could be. There are other times when, if depending on their AAA anti-aircraft artillery that they have, you may want to be very high up and do, uh, you know, high altitude precision yeah. 
be like bombing. out of range. Mm-hmm. Well, and if we step back, let's uh, in Game of Thrones. Remember the time where uh, John flies his dragon really high up above the clouds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that was I don't remember which episode, but it was yeah, before all of this. Yeah, it was more of. Yeah, it was like, I think he was doing it more for fun, right? Yeah. Like, ooh, this is the wonder and the awe of flying these things. Yeah. Which is understandable, right? Yeah. So, but in my mind, when I saw that, I thought, ah, they're teeing this up so that they will be so high up and then do a quick dive down and they won't know what hit them. Only that's not uh-huh. how they did it. <laughs> they yeah. instead came in where they could be seen by God and everybody and uh, paid the price. And what about now? I'm remembering in the battle of, for for the dawn or whatever it was, like the third episode, where everything was like it was dark, like a battle for Winterfell, whatever it was. Right. So, so she couldn't use her air superiority. They couldn't use because of all the smoke and all kinds of. Let's say, let's call it. You know, there's this uh, term, uh, whatever, all kinds of stuff, whatever, to prohibit. Uh, to defl- oh, like chaff and okay. stuff like that. Okay. Right? What's that? Yeah, in other words, about, a bit about well, it, it wouldn't actually be chaff in that example, but what you do with chaff is you're just shooting out a bunch of pieces of, of mm-hmm. metal mm-hmm. Yeah. and okay. it confuses radar. Okay. Is that something that you, the plane does or the defenses do, do? No, that's something that the plane would do when somebody's trying to attack yeah. it. When another now, plane though no right or, so or, or uh, also air, or also anti-aircraft uh, stationary anti-aircraft missiles no they 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 would not do that and um hmm. but what you're talking about is basically there was just ground cover and fog and or smoke or whatever it was and they just couldn't see what where things were in order to hmm. go after them so that's, that's weather conditions maybe yeah, that's more probably weather, you know, and of course, again, in modern day, we overcome it using things like a synthetic aperture radar. Uh, What's, that? Which, What's that? What's that? So a synthetic aperture radar is a type of radar that is able to see through uh, any conditions and, in fact, uh, can even do uh, uh, what we call ground penetrating radar. So, okay. you, oh, yes, it's very interesting. Um, we use it for science, not just. Uh, the military and uh, the idea is that with SAR um, you're not impacted uh, by what the weather is you're also not impacted by canopies so over trees a lot of times that's right because you can tune the frequencies to kind of ignore that and tell it hey I'm Mm. just looking for you know certain shapes and certain really uh, material types so what kind of image does the pilot see on the radar that 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 he or she can discern okay this is this 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 is that or is it just like all computerized and tells and tells the pilot this is where you should uh, throw the bomb well so when you look at imagery from that kind of radar it it looks like blobs but essentially what happens with either the operator or somebody on um a different aircraft like an AWACS uh which is a airborne control center okay uh they they know how to interpret that imagery to know what they're looking for and they tell the pilot Uh, this is where whatever coordinates and stuff yes yep Mm. and then they they can you know then they have numerous ways of uh trying to target it Uh, so ideally you're using really precise gps coordinates because back in the uh first gulf war we relied a lot on laser pointing but mm. the issue with that is it can't penetrate through yeah fog and smoke and, and fog and all that stuff and also that. someone has to be there on the ground to point correct the laser correct so yeah, yeah. uh although i want to say there may have been pods that did the laser on board the aircraft too but regardless you got to have generally you're going to have tipping and cueing of some sort so Daenerys could have even done that because surely she could have Tyrion could have gotten spies in there or even um, or uh, Bran also Bran uh, in the Battle for Winterfell uh, he had all the birds uh, send out uh, the birds 
Yeah, thank you for reminding me. What's go- he- sorry, <laughs> yeah. but but we're just using it not to rant because we know it was it was shitty. Just like to learn something about the way that actual air forces is being used it, it, to make it realistic. They could have done that. Brand is using the birds as reconnaissance, whatever, and then yeah. this is where the where shit is going down. This is where you can't go. Fire now. Fire later. Mm. I don't know something. It could have been. Oh, the- see, so Brand. That was very frustrating uh, for me in so many ways. Mm. Um, uh, you know, for instance, why couldn't he have just taken control of the, you know, the ice dragon, for example? Yeah, that's what um, I thought, yeah. Yeah, or, but more importantly, you really bring it up because think about today's environment where what's the big threat? It's really the small uh, Mavic, you know, or Mavic Pro uh uh, I, we call them UASs, uh, drones, drones, small drones, right? Mm-hmm. And so, ha, you know, that's what he had at his disposal. And instead, they just never used him. Shoot, you know, and she could have done with the three dragons, had she not lost him, uh, some high altitude reconnaissance as well. Right. Uh, but more importantly, he could have done it with with his uh, ravens or even other yeah. um Animals, for instance, could have been mice for heaven's right. sake. Wow, that would be or, awesome. Mm-hmm, think about that. They're all they're crawling all over the city. They know everything that's going right. on. Right. Here and, is and, here are their defenses. Most of the soldiers are concentrated here or there. This is the weak spot. Blah blah blah. That would have been so much. Uh, could have been really cool. It would have been very cool. It would have been a lot of fun to watch. It would have been people would have go, oh yeah, because you know that's why uh, organizations are working really hard on tiny little micro robots that can do this kind of stuff right um now some of them aren't using them just for you know what we call isr intelligence surveillance and reconnaissance so isr uh but you could also use them for you know everything from safety inspections of bridges and buildings uh you know or you know a building's on fire and you send these things in and they're little low creepy crawlers and they can go in and give you an idea wow. of what's going on how does that look well does it crawl, uh, actually crawl what is it or is it little wheels no they're they it depends they can they can they, go up they on, can crawl stairs? they can crawl oh yeah the way that you do it's fascinating they use uh there's a technology out there uh that's been developed and they can um basically use a version of static electricity and uh attach themselves to any um any surface, surface whether any it's surface. wood glass metal doesn't uh, matter and i've actually played with it where i took it on an ipad and then activated it wow. and then lifted the ipad and you think oh man that's going to fry the inside of the ipad but it doesn't um a regular can, ipad mm-hmm, mine okay, it was my personal mine. ipad okay okay and uh if you want to see videos on it uh this technology was created by uh, uh, a nonprofit organization called SRI International. Uh, it used to be part of Stanford uh, University and still on the campus. And if you go to their YouTube site, you can see all kinds of videos of how they've made creepy crawly different kinds of robots. Wow. So, but Bran could have done it. Yeah. <laughs> Naturally, he didn't Naturally. have to create anything, yeah. you know, and so it certainly wasn't, as we know, it wasn't a limitation of brand. It was just a yeah. limitation, a, a limitation of, the, of uh, the creator, the, the showrunners. Yeah. You know, I, I and part of my hope is maybe uh, maybe there's a chance of some of these the, the details, you know, that we've been discussing. Maybe they'll show up in the uh, uh, whatever the next show is going to be called, you know, uh, with the. Uh, I'm it will ha- ah the... right. It will have to. Oh, okay, right, yeah. right. So we were we were talking about that. I think we were emailing about that. Mm-hmm. We should have another conversation once the next show comes up, whatever next year, and have yeah. another conversation about specifically about the air force, the use of the air force, because uh, okay, they're gonna base it on the uh, fire and blood, the book. Like, that's the first uh, one hundred and fifty years of the Targaryens uh, written by uh, George R. R. Martin and there there's a lot of details about the way that the Targaryens use their dragons and I would be 
very very interested to hear what you have to say about that because that's going to be way more realistic i remember from the book how as you mentioned before high altitude flying to evade uh, being shot and then when you go down sometimes it gets more more dangerous the way that they destroyed heron hall and then later in the dance uh, dance of dragons when there's dragons fighting each other you have descriptions of uh, you know plane against plane which is very very interesting and in the in the show in season eight it was just like rah, 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 fighting each other kill whatever ripping each other i don't know it wasn't very interesting or insightful in any way well and maybe yeah maybe maybe at that point um whoever is the uh uh, one-eyed or three-eyed ravens three-eyed raven three-eyed right how many eyes three-eyed yeah three there we go yeah. the <laughs> one bran only had cops. one eye because he was that's why he was <laughs> so Appar- lame okay apparently <laughs> yeah so maybe the three-eyed raven at the time you know might do some of the uh, although they the i guess the targaryens wouldn't have access to that so that won't be a player yeah but them. just i don't know just to see have a feeling that it will be more more realistic more realistic yeah. Is there is there any okay? So first of all, is there any anything else that you think is worthwhile discussing with the way that she used her dragon? Let's say okay, how about it was uh, in season seven, episode four, when she burned down the Lannister army. She came in with the horses at the same time. Well, okay, so that was perfectly executed. Okay, and the reason and the reason why is it was a complete surprise attack by the time they realized something was going on mm. it was a little late and the other issue with um you know bronze use of the scorpion is that he had one of them yeah so when we fast forward to the second of the you know to the penultimate episode mm-hmm. uh we have multiple scorpions so they're able to triangulate and that would make it much more difficult to uh, escape them. But because, you know, Bran had one, he had to, and no targeting capability and no practice. Yeah. Right. It's just, I'm going to get on that, you yeah. know, and do it Hollywood style. <laughs> Let's see if it works. <laughs> I'm going to point at it and I'm going to hit her, you know, and, and which is absurd. Right. Now I can buy it from the Night King because... Mm. He's super natural, kind of, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, uh, sir, wait a minute. It's Braun. Braun it of the Black It wasn't Sir there, but, but okay, so I have another question. What should, if any, if anything, uh, the, the defenders of uh, King's Landing have done to better defend the city against this uh, Air Force attack? Shouldn't have maybe more diverse. Uh, a defense anti-aircraft defense because it just had all these scorpions doing the same thing or this is this is what we have in terms of uh, anti-aircraft strategy well the only thing that i would have i guess uh maybe done differently because they had a lot of the scorpions and that was smart okay and uh you know clearly uh the monk see my names are Kyburn, right Kyburn. Kyburn yeah, yeah designed all that so clearly Kyburn was pretty smart mm-hmm. twisted individual um in that circle yeah it was okay i would have had some in the middle of the city too i wouldn't have yeah. made it that easy um and then the other thought would have been maybe you build some outposts you know in the in the periphery you know going on outside the city uh, including the ships, but not just the ships. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, and maybe some fireproofing, I don't know, defenses. Oh, yeah. That you can't yeah, just although, burn them all. Something, yeah, but you know, they... I don't know. Wasn't, that what, how, wasn't that how... Well, I guess they would have known better uh, at that point in time yeah, because Harrenhal was melted. Yeah. But some, at Heron Hall, they never thought about that. Just like fireproofing, if it's possible, I don't know. But I'm guessing that it's not that easy to hit anti-aircraft missiles. I'm sure they have defenses of their own. 
I would guess. Right. So you, so you have well, to, no. Or yeah, uh, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Okay. Um, in modern in modern day warfare, uh, the way that you can overcome uh, some of the anti aircraft systems is through what's called a, a harm missile, which is a I think it's a um, high anti radiation missile. So okay. this missile sniffs out the uh, radiate the um, microwave or the uh, radio signals from the radar that you have on the uh, anti-aircraft right so uh, we the aircraft that the air force used them on they were called wild weasels and so the wild weasels would come in fire these things off and and these missiles would just zero in on the radar sets and take them out um so i don't know what the version of that would be uh right in terms of the defense that they were able to do in my mind i was trying to think of is there any way they could have used the uh the the green yeah the wildfire um, yeah the wildfire yeah but you know that look let's back up a little bit too is you've still got a bunch a bunch of you know what we would call pre not prehistoric but certainly middle age uh, uh, middle ages type of people and you think that they're going to get on this scorpion and hit their targets all of them right when right. they haven't i mean because you know how modern day from everywhere everyone from the israeli defense forces to the u.s to uh-huh. you know the japanese and the europeans and whatever we practice and train right. and train and train right. and train right um, they have no practice now i don't at all. This is the first time in their lives that they've seen, they could have, yeah, they can only They're throw not used like uh, plates and then hit the plates with, with Scorpion and, and I think. Yeah. It's, yeah. How, how are they going to simulate that, right, on the ground to protect against it? And so, but that goes back maybe a little bit more to D&D um, because, you know, they'd had some experts. The experts could have helped them build at least somewhat of a better story that's a little more realistic but they didn't so maybe in the new show we'll see a little bit of that um but clearly based on what we think we know you know basically the seven kingdoms just caved right i don't remember uh how did the um i know the north did um where sir or lord robin the little yeah, uh, the veil. Yeah. Breast the 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 breastfeeding uh, <laughs> guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. kid, kid, kid. What yeah. was the in, at the airy? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess did they cave in? Do you know the history of that part? Did they cave in? Because otherwise, it seems like in history, the, dragons... the way uh-huh. that it yes. happened in the, in fire and blood, it was actually it's it's interesting that you ask about it because that was like the only place that was never conquered. And the way that they beat them is that one of uh, Aegon's sister came in from above, surprisingly, boom, into the court and took the, the dragon, took uh, whatever, the young princeling at the time of the, the... And she was just like very, oh, look at this little baby. I hope nothing happens to it, something like that. And through that threat, they just said, okay, we're with you. But that's very interesting because that was like the only way to make sure that the dragons wouldn't get hit just like a surprise landing as a threat uh, a royal a royalty that they would just because otherwise i guess because of the altitude why why would that be something so hard for uh, aircraft to to subdue let's say something like yeah. the eerie why 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 is that a problem it's not they would go in and do what they did to Harrenhal mm. and melt it. Mm. Okay, so let's uh, let's uh, let's uh, recap uh, a little bit. So basically, the the way that Daenerys took out all the defenses before that's that's realistic. Uh, she's unfortunately a war criminal, uh, and she had to die for her uh, for her crimes. Uh, the previous, uh, the the Night King. That's also okay. We can give her a pass. 
they could have done a better job at uh, like defending the city through as you said like also a little bit at the beginning like in the middle of the city and more spread out that they won't be so easy to just uh, take out all at the same time uh, she didn't do okay she didn't do any you know interesting maneuvers just come in low that's also realistic from uh, that you mentioned and uh, okay jump in uh, any time to you know tie, well, to tie it all in yeah and i think that uh you know the other part of the recap is you know a lot of the missed things were mm -hmm. the aspect of you know it's a team you don't you know right you know today we don't go in and do any of this stuff that we do whether it's a humanitarian uh crisis uh or uh a large scale uh attack it's a team you don't count on one of your uh, capabilities. That's why, you know, like I, I did mention the F-117s in Iraq. Mm. They were just they were just the bleeding edge of the fight. Then they were followed up by all kinds of other things. And, uh, you know, as a, in, in the second Gulf War, I'll never forget uh, when we went in the second time I was sitting in a command post somewhere and um, watching what's called the common operational picture and so i could see what were uh things on a radar and they were all b-52s and some other aircraft and and then all of a sudden you just saw dozens and dozens of other things pop up on on the screen and they were you know different types of missiles that they were using to take targets out so it's not it's just not done like that and another thing that popped in my head while you were talking a little bit was uh if you were going to the area why would you just be one person why wouldn't you bring you know five or ten of your best soldiers with you those dragons were huge you can't tell me that that's impossible um, yeah. unless they're like unless it because i you know i the last time i checked i didn't notice that it was like uh, Pandora, where you had to, you know, plug your uh, biological USB port into the animal. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm misremembering. I, I don't want to be too critical about that because it. I read it once, and it was like I don't know when it came out three years ago. I don't okay. remember. So maybe, maybe I'm. Uh, maybe it's my my fault. Uh, yeah, but we we. But even if it is, even if you're wrong, so what? Uh, Daenerys could have done the same thing. She she could have gotten people in behind enemy lines much easier than than they did. Not to mention, you know what Brand could have done. Mm. So, but yes, fundamentally, she made to recap it. She made some good good use of her uh, weapon system. We'll call Drogon mm -hmm. weapon system, um, and some poor uh, uses of it, and a fundamental. Uh, deeply flawed misunderstanding of air power theory uh, right because she is a little girl it was just like not complex just like come in destroy everything boom you win basically yeah that was the way it was written yeah. yep um, like a like a, f a few months ago a few months ago which now seems like uh, it was like from another dimension since now like there are no more wars almost anywhere uh, like we dropped a bomb on what was uh, written in the intelligence reports in Gaza as a target whatever terrorist target because Hamas blah blah blah, blah. but it just wasn't uh, updated properly so just killed a bunch of uh, people living in a shack or something uh, like that so everybody needs to be talking to everybody in order to know where are the targets where you should aim what are the dangers uh, otherwise it just uh, yeah well one of the smartest things that i learned in a practical bit when i was actually doing uh ground combat training mm -hmm. which was weird for me a space and missile officer you know and i'm <laughs> one day you know one day i'm in colorado the next day i'm in you know in iraq uh, holding mm -hmm. a rifle and all this other stuff right but one of the things they taught us which is applicable to what you just said um and even to what we were talking about with game of thrones uh is a simple phrase that is ingrained in my head mm -hmm. 
sight picture, sight picture, sight picture, bang. Explain. So what you're, the explanation behind it is you mentally make yourself understand everything that's going on a couple times so that you, you're not uh, just shooting at something. It provides a method of positive identification because your goal is to hit that counter force target, that military target, mm-hmm. not a counter value target, um, unless you're one of the big bad countries. Um, and your goal is to ensure that you're carrying out whatever the the actual overall strategic and tactical and political objectives are of a given fight. So when they drop that bomb, what that says to me is they should have done a better job um, on the intelligence side sure. to to you know verify, especially because in your part of the world, that's such a disaster. It's such a, not only is it a human disaster, it's also obviously a political and a public relations disaster. It sets back any kind of uh, goal of moving things forward in a positive way, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely, definitely. Yeah, that's, yeah, whatever. Just things have gone to shit in so many ways that it's hard to know where to start <laughs> uh but this uh this this was a, a beautiful beautiful conversation i don't know if beautiful is the right adjective but we we learned a whole lot uh through game of thrones about uh theory of uh, the use of air force this is not the right term the right term is air power air power thank you so okay we have tabled once once fire and blood the show comes in but that's like in like a year and you know right. what? Maybe it's even more because I don't know if they'll be able to shoot because of the coronavirus. You can't have too many people in the same, uh, whatever, in the same place. All the extra. Oh yeah, they've all the they've they're, they're holding up everything. I just read that Messiah for Netflix was canceled. And uh... okay, but let but let's think about other movies or shows that maybe uh, we could talk through them about. Either it's the use of air power or anything else that you have uh, related to battle and war. To have some expertise at that we can through those movies or shows learn something. Yeah, maybe we could even talk about uh, the application of uh, space power. Okay, let's do that. Let's yeah, let's. Uh, there, there's a lot of interesting things. Uh, we you know there's some films that we could talk about where I could step you through why it's unrealistic and why parts of it are and aren't. And even if that was the case where there's still some uh, positive uh, to be had, but look, D and D aren't the only ones out in Hollywood who rush through things mm-hmm. and, and cut budgets uh, because if that weren't the case, you know, my wife wouldn't have any free <laughs> minutes available in her life. But unfortunately yeah. that's not the case. Uh, you you know you're you've got to be working with top rated talent like Steven Spielberg, Tom Hanks, right. and all that. Or, it has to be important for them to churn out something of quality that doesn't make you roll your eyes. Like okay, what is that? Yeah, yeah, what is yeah that? definitely. So now yeah, I would love to do that. We could uh, you know uh, I'll have to look through some yeah let's, uh, uh, film and. And, and don't forget, we can also talk about some of the television, uh, the great, uh, both streaming and regular stuff that maybe everyone would have an opportunity to see or want to see uh, where similar things could, could come out of it. So, I mean, you, you, I haven't listened to everything on The Expanse that you've done because I haven't finished watching the last season. But I will just say this. I love The Expanse. Um I like a lot of the reality uh, in it in terms of mm-hmm. gravity and things like that. I'm sure there's a lot that's not very realistic, but um, yeah, I would love to do that. Okay. So for, uh, about the expanse. Yeah. In season five, whatever. Yeah. That, that would also will take some time, unfortunately. So yeah, new stuff will take, it will take a lot of time until it comes out now. 
so I guess uh, okay we'll uh, let's stay in touch uh, through email and uh, thank you Dan for coming in oh you're welcome we did yep. it we did it <laughs> we did it so I'm gonna hit done on the recording uh, no, uh, okay no no not uh, stay stay for uh, not yet. Uh, for okay. a minute more okay. and uh, thank you everybody for uh, for tuning in if you enjoyed it and you're catching it through YouTube then uh, hit uh, the like button the subscribe button share with your friends whatever it is and if you'd like to support uh, our work go to patreon.com slash got academy or if you want to if you prefer a one-time donation it can be paypal.com paypal.me slash got academy and i would like to thank our patrons and uh, also dan since you're here and you're a long long time patron i want to thank you too for your support well we we uh really do uh enjoy your work so both my wife uh and my son uh you know we love watching your your work so it's always enjoyable thank you dan i appreciate it mm-hmm. that's nice to hear yep. so and uh, uh if uh and if anyone wants to follow me on twitter um yeah. i'm i'm at mos q v i c h mosk again vich again m m o s q v i c h I see. Okay, and I'll put a, a link. Uh, I'll, I'll write it up yeah. in the in the description box, so uh, you can go uh, go and find you over there. And you have a podcast of yourself. I do. Our podcast is called Live and Let Diecast, and we talk about uh, model cars, uh, diecast cars, collecting them, uh, buying them, selling them. Uh, I'm kind of a car nut. That's the other thing I really like. Okay. And so the guys and I haven't recorded much in the last couple months because i was working on another master's degree and i finally graduated so uh you know hopefully now we'll you know be able to do a little bit more on that you know it's a very limited interest uh audience but if if you are if you are really if you're a car nut and you're interested in the all this then this is a podcast for you Yep, and it's live and let diecast. Live and let diecast. So, also, let's okay. I'll also put a link uh, in the description for everybody yep. to to find it out. And it's on iTunes and all the other podcasting platforms. Okay, awesome. So uh, thank you, Dan. Let's stay in touch for uh, the future. Okay, thanks. Bye, bye, everybody.